0: Welcome to uh, The Couch. This is our new Mosaic slash APETA Task Force branded um, vlog. Um, My name is Chris Yang. I'm the director of the Mosaic Cross Cultural Center um, and current chair of the APETA Task Force. My pronouns are he, him, his. Um, And we're joined by our staff um, here for this inaugural episode um, where we're just going to, you know, talk about the things we normally talk about on the couches um so let me pass this off to uh Sharon to introduce herself.
1: Hey y'all I'm Sharon Singh I'm the program coordinator of Mosaic and my pronouns are she her hers and I'll kick it off to Pearl.
2: Hi I'm Pearl um I work for the PETA task force my pronouns are she her hers yeah oh and I pass it to Jeff.
3: Hey everyone, I'm Jazz. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm a social media and liaison at Mosaic. And pass it off to Kenny Beats.
4: What's up? It's Kenny. Uh, you say them pronouns. I am the cult- a cultural programmer at the Mosaic Cross Culture Center. The e- cultural programmer. <laughs> <laughs> the. <laughs> um, and I will be Passing it over to the one and only Eureka.
5: Hello everyone. My name is Eureka. I use she, her pronouns. I am the graphic designer at (laughs) Mosaic. I almost forgot what position I held, sorry. Um, And yeah, I don't, has everyone introduced themselves?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Um, so just a, just a quick intro since this is our first episode, uh, theoretically, um, you know, we, at the Mosaic cross cultural center, which is a student uh, resource center and identity based resource center, um, kind of, um, at the, uh, San Jose state campus. Well, we don't have a specific identity we support. Um, we support a variety of identities, but anyway, um, we, uh, uh, like a lot of resource centers you'll find in institutions of higher education in this country, um, we have some couches for folks to sit at. Um, there are these green couches, green and brown couches that, um, you know, have seen a lot and been through a lot. Um, and uh, usually when we're open, um, which we're not currently because of COVID, um, you know, we'll have students of all sorts who will stop by. Um, and they're part of our greater Mosaic community. Um, they're people that we see on the regular. Uh, and they'll come by and, and they'll just kind of tell us what's going on with their lives. And, you know, sometimes me or Sharon or any of our other staff folk um, will spend time on the couches and, like, interact with each other. Um, we'll eat lunch there, you know, that kind of stuff. And what we have found is that some of our most um, interesting conversations happen on those couches. And, you know, we've been now in um, shelter in place uh, since March. It is now September. So we've, we've been at this for like six months um, with really no, no end in sight. Um, We don't really know when we'll be done with shelter in place. Um, And one of the things that's been super important and super um, needed during this time is community. Um, and so, you know, part of our community was being on those couches together. So, you know, we thought it would be a good idea for us to try to start up a video podcast to, to, um, replicate, um, that feeling of being on the couch and just talking about what's going on in our lives, talking about what's going on in the world and seeing where those conversations take us. Um, so we are here, um to record this. It is Tuesday, September 8th today. During the recording, this will probably be released way later than that because it takes a minute to edit things. Um,
1: And we're hoping to also invite some SJSU students who want to be part of it, right? So mm -hmm. oftentimes they'll be sitting around eating lunch or working or whatever, and then someone will be like, damn, this happened in class or this is happening in the world and we'll end up talking about what happened and then we'll somehow end up talking about how capitalism sucks so you know that's gonna be the overall theme of <laughs> some way shape or form um, yeah. but we're hoping if you're interested in being part of you know this video podcast let us know mm-hmm. and then definitely interact with us in the comments um, and let us know what your thoughts are and about probably all the things that we're gonna cover, which are going mm-hmm. to be very random, somehow, but they'll make sense to us, maybe. Yes,
0: yes. I mean, they'll they'll make sense. They'll make some sort of sense. Um, so, so one of the reasons that we are are talking about this right now, and that I brought up the date, is because you know we just had another blistering hot weekend here in California, um, in the Bay Area specifically, here in San Jose um I, I I think a lot of you are situated in other places, but for us in San Jose it was really hot this weekend and um in the state of california we're still we still continue to have wildfires going off, and you know we had been uh spoiler the six of us had had been talking before this um <laughs> and the topic of the wildfires came up, and you know um uh just just uh how much is going on with that and how affected our lives have been with the wildfires. Um, So, you know, we have been talking about how, like, at least, so my opinion, you know, on the wildfires is that this is a solvable problem. And the, the reason why it's not getting solved is because we lack labor and we lack resources. And both of these things can be provided for um, one in the form of money and one in the other in the form of uh, uh, robotics and mechanics um, through um, like our like state local billionaires like, you know, we're in the heart of the Silicon Valley here in San Jose. We have millionaires, if not billionaires, you know, within a 90 mile radius of where we are. Um, you know, these people who are CEOs who founded companies who work for places like Facebook, Apple, uh, Yahoo, um, you know,
1: and Zoom Zoom is right in our backyard. (laughs) Zoom's
0: here, Um, you know, and we we are, you know, a huge distribution um, center for Amazon, that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, and You know, it would not be that difficult to to form a coalition of millionaires, billionaires, whatever, to to put money together into a pot. And, for example, spend that money to build firefighting drones, you know, and have an army of drones whose sole job it would be to would be to fly into wildfires and lay down fire suppressants. Um, This is a solvable problem. I don't know why we're not solving this problem. I I mean, I, I don't know why they're not solving this problem.
4: That sounds scary, like, all these, like, different drones just flying over and just, like, spraying water on everybody. Um, that reminds me of, like, chemtrails or something, whatever that was. (laughs) what? Chemtrails. What is that? That, uh, conspiracy The airplanes fly over and they, like, drop chemicals in the air, like.
0: It's in the same family as, like, anti-vaxxers who believe that, like, we're being poisoned by...
1: This is when Kenny comes out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: I just like you know you look up in the sky, you see a plane, and then there's just smoke coming from behind. You're like kind of confused. Is that yeah. what it
2: is? It's not, but what that's people what people think,
0: think what it is. is. That's what people not. think it is.
2: Don't worry, that's it's just...
0: not what that is. <laughs>
2: oh, okay.
0: But spe- okay, uh, since we, we have been talking about wildfines, you know, we can pass move on. Um speaking of anti-vaxxers too, I was I was just reflecting with um, some family members this weekend um, that uh, uh you know uh, hopefully by the end of this whole thing, we will have a vaccine for COVID that will will provide some sort of biological protection from this disease that's that's to kind of shut down our world um and at at that point in time whether that's you know three months from now nine months from now a year and a half from now whatever there will still be some 30 percent of this country that will refuse to take that vaccine
5: apparently apparently there's already one that's supposedly going to be available but like honestly I don't trust it. Like, it's not even on some anti-vaxxer shit. It's just like, I don't trust that. It's too fast right. for a vaccine. Like,
0: don't, 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 don't do the alpha launch. Like, yeah. let, that, let that get field tested a little bit first.
1: Yeah. Maybe phase four.
2: <laughs> it's just,
0: it's wild to me that, like, there are going to be millions of people in this country who, based off of anti, anti-vaccination bullshit, will just not take a COVID vaccine.
2: But they're just gonna hurt themselves at that point, right? Like, who else can they hurt? Not me, with that? mine? That's their lesson to learn. <laughs> yeah, that's on them. And they're- right,
1: but then for me, it's more so that adults are making choices for kids, right? And I think that's where I'm like, you know, it, I understand from a person's point of view of like, I personally don't like drugs. Like I, I feel, you know, um, some type of way of putting something into my body that I don't know how it's going to react, right? Everybody, everybody reacts differently to drugs of whatever. Um, so I understand that you're making a choice for yourself, but then it's what gets me the most is most anti-vaxxers have a very strong stance against vaccinating their children. And that's what I'm just like,
4: yeah, so, like the basic vaccinations that people need.
1: Right, and like, do you mm. really want? We don't like polio came back.
0: Yeah, that's people. the thing. We have a chance to end some of these diseases, and yet they come back because people don't get the vaccinations.
1: Right, and and we know that there are certain things that affect kids differently, and there are there they don't they don't know they're you know, and I think as an adult we have to realize that you know, like, I just, you know, the whole argument that, like, autism is one of the causes, I'm like, first of all, that's not true. We clearly know that now, but, like, you choose not to read. Um, But the second thing is, like, you would rather have your child be sick and, and maybe possibly die than, like, have a kid that has autism. That shows more on, like, you know, how we see disability in yeah. our, in our country than anything else. And that's where I'm like, you got to work on some stuff.
0: <laughs> although, although also not to downplay the effects of autism. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be very, de- there, there are, there are people who are afflicted with very serious debilitating like right. autism where, where they can't function day to day. Having said that, that has nothing to do with vaccinations.
1: Right. Exactly. And we know that like, The person who wrote that article, I don't remember his name, but the person who wrote the article saying that vaccinations are one of the the causes for autism has said that, oh, that was a lie. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and did somebody else say,
4: like, oh, it gives babies dementia? I'm like, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? They're, like, making up all these different excuses. I'm like, all right. Yeah. But wait for, the, the like the do we have mandatory vaccinations right? Like that everyone has to take, or are they just not? Mandatory? You mean
0: for for schools?
4: Or for like when you you know how like, you get your shots like when you're a baby or whatever. I don't know. So just, just
0: to know. just to live in the United States, they're not mandatory. They're recommended.
2: Hmm. Interesting. But for schools, we have to get like measles or something, right? Like you have yes. To
0: so, for, for, for most public colleges and universities, you are required to have an immunization record or some medical excuse why you can't have an immunization record in order to enroll.
5: Someone was talking about that, um, about like, because you know, like this whole like new COVID vaccine that's supposed to be available in November, people are like worried that they might like require that for schools. But it's like super, again, not on some anti-vaccine but like that's just so concerning because like it, it it's just i feel like it's just a super rushed process for like a covid vaccine yeah because
4: well, yeah the whole time they were saying like by the end of the year by the end of the year and now they're saying like november i mean i guess it's technically the end of the year but that's not the end of the year enough for me
3: <laughs> and it's not the end of covid either like a lot of people are thinking that COVID is going to be over once the clock strikes twelve and it's 2021. But uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. well, I mean, I think we've seen too that colleges, as a generalization, not to be specific, but as a generalization, colleges have have been trying to rush through COVID as much as possible, and they're trying to. At any point, go back to a new normal of like, no, no, right. we can Sport. still have on-campus housing. No, we can still have football. No, we can still have whatever.
1: Yeah, wasn't there recently um, two or three colleges in the in the East Coast that have had to re like, you know, like close down because they had um, opened up and now like in like the first week, like a hundred something students got COVID.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that's happened to a lot of colleges.
1: Yeah. There's
4: another college that I heard about, like, there are students that they, like, violated the social distancing regulations, and then they say, oh, you can't come back, and we're keeping your tuition. And, like, this school mm-hmm. year barely started. But, mm-hmm. So, then like, you're putting people on campus where, obviously, there's going to be some violations, and now mm-hmm. you're going to get their money.
0: Yeah, that was, I think that was, I want to say either Atlanta or maybe... Oh, what about the Carolinas or something?
1: Northeastern University. Oh,
0: northeastern maybe. I don't remember, but yeah, I definitely remember that story. Um,
1: Why I keep tuition though?
0: They basically what they basically did. I think I think this is. I didn't read it deeply enough, um, but I think what they basically did was just expel them. So like you know um, when you get expelled, you don't you don't get a refund. Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> I think Chico recently like Chico State. Like, they recently had, like, a COVID outbreak because of, like, um, yeah, I forgot, I forgot why. But, like, now there's, the university like, kicking students out of, like, housing and stuff and
0: mm-hmm.
5: practically leaving them, like, houseless. Uh, and I don't know, like, the full details, but, like, I don't know, universities are, like, not handling this well.
2: We got an email, like, all the groups got an email from Nancy um saying that like you all have to get tested it's like county order because i guess some san jose greeks have been throwing parties in their house so like there was like a date on it but the date was like the next day and i was and then i emailed and i was like how are we supposed to get this done in a day and i haven't even been in san jose so then i guess they like amended it so that like only if you've been living in a house in san jose you have to get tested by the state but I don't know if everybody did. That was like super random.
0: Mm. I do I do think that that one of the trends for university covid outbreaks it's either been football related or it's been like fraternity related. Those seem to be the two big trends. Men. <laughs> <laughs> Toxic masculinity strikes again.
1: okay i let me revise my earlier thing it's
2: capitalism and men (laughs) which 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 go
0: hand in hand really
2: definitely men i feel like we have i have like i have been involved in a lot of those conversations personally
0: Pearl has, and if you follow the trail of mosaic and the Peta podcasts and video cast, yeah, you will you will get to watch and hear every time that Pearl feels like uh, men let her down.
2: Woo. That's true.
5: <laughs> I know we were talking about like how um, how like universities want to like return to this like normal this normalcy or whatever, but like
2: mm-hmm.
5: they're also just trying to like make living with like COVID normal when mm-hmm. it's like not normal. Right. But like it kind of just reminds me of how like professors right I mean I only get so in professors right now. They've just been like okay, I don't know if it's just me, but like I feel like some of my professors have been like hella like I feel like if this were like, in an in class thing, like, no COVID, like, we wouldn't be going this hard. Like, there's like assignments, like, hell assignments do every week, and every like, I don't even know how. And, like, today, I got like, I posted this on my Snap, but I was just like, in one of my classes, <laughs> in one of my classes, my professor was like, oh, like, um, he was, he was like, he beat, he opened by talking about like the scholar strike,
0: mm-hmm.
5: and then he was like, oh, like, um, I don't know what he was saying about it, but then he's like, oh, like, I know some of y'all, like, work two jobs and, like, have all these, like, units you're taking and, like, personal responsibilities or whatever, but, like, I'm sorry, like, you have to dedicate, like, so-and-so hours to this class, and it was, like, a lot of hours, I was, like, chill, like,
2: mm-hmm. chill.
5: I don't know, it was just, like, he spent, like, half the class talking about it, and I was just, like, what the heck, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I don't know.
0: I, I do. I do feel like there are some faculty members for classes that that are kind of overcompensating.
1: Yeah, which also I don't understand because I'm like, you know, you're also going through this pandemic too, right? Like you have, you're putting work on yourself, and and you have to go through these situations too. Unless like they're not, I don't know, like they're I. I don't know. Like, I just don't. It's not computing for me. I don't understand. Mm Hmm. Yeah,
4: I wouldn't expect that from professors this semester, because like I thought they would have gone through training, because like of all the stress that they put on students last semester. But I guess they're still on that same stuff. It sucks. I,
0: I, I, um, they did a lot of professors did go through a training thing over the summer, at least for San Jose State. Um, which I think helped in some things. However, you know, I also think systemically, like we in higher ed are very like for better or for worse, we don't really like telling faculty members what they can or can't do. So it's kind of like, you know, like Erica was saying, like this faculty member clearly was like, was told or was reminded at some point, like, hey, your students might have two jobs. And so the, in their brain, they're like, oh, even if they have two jobs, they still owe me X number of hours or, a week. Or,
1: oh, okay, you're telling me so I have to acknowledge it, but, like, right. these are still my expectations. Right. No, right. that's not why <laughs> someone reminded you.
5: Someone on Twitter, I heard like a long ass time ago, they're like, professors be like, oh, I know we're going through a rough time all right that's enough like accommodation for today <laughs> like they're just like oh i i acknowledge this but like they don't do anything about it mm-hmm. and it's like yeah i like i don't even know why like late penalties are like a thing right now or like mm-hmm. i don't know I, some of the, like some of my professors have been like very like you know like i have i have these deadlines but like you don't have to turn it in until like you know like the end of the like the, the year but like it's pretty much like She's not gonna, like, give you a late penalty. They're, like, they're just, like, these, like, very strongly recommended deadlines just so, like, you know, your work will pile up. But, like, I appreciated that because I was, like, okay, cool. Like, I like, I like that.
4: Mm -hmm. I had a professor that was, like, oh, it's okay if you're, like, a few days late. But if you're, like, a couple weeks late, I'm going to reach out to you and ask what's wrong. Or I have some, I like, just don't turn it in at the last week. So I'm stressed, like, trying to, like, grade your stuff. So I'm like, okay.
1: But see, that's, at least it's, like, an acknowledgement. Like, I'm going to talk to you and, like, check in. As opposed to, like, F. Zero.
0: Right. I'm going to kick you out of my class.
1: Right. Like, I think that's even, you know, being mindful that everyone is in a different space. And... You know, not everyone has access to technology, you know, like, or Wi-Fi, even if someone has a laptop, like, I have seen so many posts, because a lot of schools, even, um, you know, K to 12 have opened up in the last two weeks. And I'm seeing, like, you know, kids outside of fast food chains trying to, like, get Wi-Fi. I'm seeing um, students, like, sitting around at the park trying to get, like, Wi-Fi from different houses around. The park and i'm just like we can't expect a student to complete like a homework sheet or a project you know when like access is an issue right and and a lot of students um and their families have lost jobs
2: mm-hmm. and it's
1: either that 50 dollars goes to internet or 50 dollars goes to buying food
4: if anyone Watching this podcast is in LA. I just found out that uh, the county libraries are giving out light, uh, laptops and hotspots. So, just wanted to put that out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And and there are programs and resources that are doing that. So, um, including San Jose State's own San Jose State CARES program. But you know, I I do I do think that like you know one of the major things that's coming out of this is that we really need to rethink pedagogy entirely. Like, how do we learn? How do we take tests? How do we show up for class? Like we need to rethink all of that stuff because none of the old rules are, are applicable right now.
1: And, and they, and clearly they never worked.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. I think that's the thing that I new (laughs) in my mind but now I feel it in my heart right like it's like this pandemic the the fires the all the you know um, social and political issues it clearly shows that they never worked and I think like you know some of the questions that I've or conversations that I've been really um, having with family and friends is like, what do we imagine our fields to look like, right? So like for me in education, I have, like even what I thought would be better solutions, I'm like, oh shit, no, it's just another thing, right? Like, I don't know, like what do you all think would be better kind of, like if you could change one thing that, you know, you didn't, like, that you're seeing now that's a crack in the system, like, what would it be?
2: <laughs> I that's went to deep. Big I big went to deep. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a lot of oh cracks.
5: I'm oh, are <laughs> just digging deep into, like, my K-12 trauma <laughs> college.
3: <laughs>
5: Honestly, I feel like one of, like, the main roots, I feel like it's kind of hard for me to, like, Change something, but I feel like one of the roots is just like how, like, ed- um, education, like now, like, not now, but like, like schools and stuff, like institutionalized um, education, I guess, like how it really doesn't like humanize a student. And it doesn't, it also doesn't humanize like their teachers as well, because like, you know, I also want to acknowledge that, you know, as much like shit as i may talk about like teachers or professors like it it also isn't the fact that like like this whole like capitalist
2: capitalism
5: capitalist system like doesn't like they treat students and like teachers as like like not human like they like teachers are like you know um just seen as like their labor and like students are just seen as like these vessels just to like put information in and then like you know send them off to a career to like be part of this like workforce that's going to produce
1: right stuff, you know yeah like we're as much as we are labor we're also the product
5: right? yeah
1: students are a product and then they eventually become the labor as well
5: yeah and like it just like i was reading parts of like pedagogy of the oppressed by um paulo freire i think that's how you pronounce his name mm-hmm. and He was just like talking about like yeah like the the point of education is to get you to think about like this consciousness like raise consciousness and like be critical of like the issues in the world so like you know like problem posing education pretty much and like that's obviously what we don't we don't see that shit in in schools now
3: yeah
2: yeah
5: that's my rant
4: (laughs) yeah and that kind of reminded me of um i was listening to a podcast and um this it was like it was it's called the read um and they have like listener letters and uh one of the letters was like from a teacher and she was just talking about how like a bunch of um parents were coming to her like are like complaining like oh you're not teaching like you need to give them homework like my kid isn't learning my kid isn't doing homework i'm like now you see what i have been doing like i've been like taking care of your kid for like half the day five days a week and now you're seeing how much work i do like no you can raise your kids i've been raising your kid for (laughs) a while now so definitely a newfound appreciation for teachers during this pandemic like even my sister who used to be a teacher she was talking to me about um, having to teach when the pandemic hit, and
0: it's a lot yeah i w- i watched I watched one class that my five year old nephew had to sit through watching a kindergarten teacher conduct a kindergarten class through zoom was wild like I was like i like and and it was a half day too I think it was like a Friday. And I, just after that, I was just like, I can't, I can't even, I can't even begin to con- conceive of myself doing that. Like that was wild. Being like, oh, kindergarten teacher, here's like twenty to twenty five five year olds. You have to entertain through Zoom. Like, go for it.
1: <laughs>
4: wild. At that point, then you just cancel school. Period.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know the my siblings who are um, three of them around nine. You know, they're they have to log on by by eight fifty the latest and nine o'clock is attendance. And I'm like, why? Like we don't have to do that, right? And then um, you know, they have class. I do think that, you know, my twin sisters have the same teacher this year. Usually they don't put twins in the same class, but like that rule doesn't apply. Um and so she uses like the breakout rooms in Zoom and she like she'll say like, OK, so th- this group of students, y'all have a break, work on this like worksheet and the rest of the students, you're going to meet with me from like 1015 to 1030 to and we'll go over the worksheet from last week or like. From yesterday, and so she's she's come up with a method to like actually minimize her interaction, and then also give her students a break. Which I'm like, that's brilliant. It's like these small doses, and I'm like, why can't college students like do this too? Right? You have little small. Um, she calls it pods. I was listening. Uh, like small home pods that you get to meet with and you get to interact with and it allows the students to then also have some kind of socialization without being overwhelmed with like 30, 30 people on your screen. And then she also um, takes the time to like, say hello as people are signing on and be like, I see you Zach. I see you when like, I was like, Oh wow, that's really cute. And then, um, and during their like little break, when they finish their little pods, they come back, they get to do a dance. Like all of them get to like dance where they sit and stuff. I'm like, that's awesome. And I was sitting there like doing emails and I would look over on the couch and like, that's so cute, right? So I feel like if a fourth grade teacher is able to like make it work, like why are we in college having to like sit on a Zoom call (laughs) like for two hours sometimes? Like no one's learning, no one's interacting.
2: Yeah. I well, agree. it's
0: also there's a scalability issue with that too though.
2: Yeah. Like Go you're ahead.
0: you're talking about a teacher who's trying to interact with a class of 20 when some of our college classes are a teacher trying to interact with a class of like 200.
1: Yeah, but and like at that point like clearly the system, that's what I mean like the the old system of having 200 students in a in a seminar like doesn't work.
2: Mhm.
5: Yeah I have like a hundred students on like in one of my classes and that's crazy, I'm not, I actually don't want to use that word. It's wild because like I don't even know, how, like I feel like even 20 students on like a Zoom call is like too much for me. But like in one of my more like in my general ed classes like there's like a hundred students and I feel like that's wild. And like obviously like hello folks have like their cameras turned off and it's more of like a lecture Mm -hmm. and, like, yeah, I don't even know. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, I remember when I first, like, well, my middle school had, what, I don't even know how many students, like, maybe 3,000, 4,000 students in the middle school, and every class had, like, 60 kids, so when I left that school into high school, when classes had, like, maybe 20 or like I remember I had a class with like 12 people I was like this is great like attention I can ask questions wait I'm learning (laughs) so even now like I'll have zoom classes with like 40 people I'm like nobody's paying attention maybe like the two people that have their cameras on but I mean I'll try but
1: (laughs) yeah I think another thing for me is like how art is kind of being um used as like this new vehicle and I'm like you know I'm seeing art being used in so many different ways whether that's like social media or in person um and I think that just needs to be more like part of our daily lives that's what I would love to see like after COVID or like to take away like it's such an amazing outlet right and art can be so many different things it's not just like paper and pencil or um you know paint and paint right it can be dancing it can be cooking as an art right like there's so many things that I think people are um kind of engaging in that's artistic and uses different parts of our body and our brain um that i'm like really excited about that i hope like people walk o- like come out of this in a, in a different kind of way of imagining life
0: yeah i i'm uh as as the resident old person in this call <laughs> like when i was in high school like i was i i used to sketch all the time like that's how i kept like active right because like i would i would just zone out in class or fall asleep um <laughs> it happens all right uh, but um i i remember like they like like through my the entirety of my high school like all four years like I I use sketchbooks way more than I use notebooks. Like I would just bring sketchbooks to class, and I would just take notes in sketchbooks. And then like I would be sketching, and then like on the side of a sketch, you would see like these random notes for like history class or whatever. Like it was very obvious. Like at one point in sophomore year, the sketchbook that I was using was like a large sketchbook. It was like a like a like a poster size sketchbook. So I I had this like twenty four inch like sketchbook that i was using to draw these large scale it was it was all comic books it was just all superheroes but i was drawing these large scale pictures and then like i would you would see notes like kind of on the side and stuff like looking back on it like it was very it must have been very clear to all of my teachers that like i just really wanted to draw and not study history or whatever and through the entirety of high school i think i can count on one hand, the number of teachers that even said anything, much less utilize that for anything, you know? And, you know, most of those pe- teachers are art teachers. So I like, I had two art teachers who are like super invested in that part of me. But then like, I think I had like, uh, like um, my business law teacher at one point made a comment. I think it was just mad at me for not paying attention. So he made a comment about it. Um, but yeah, like n- almost none of my teachers, not a single one of my teachers was like, oh, you like drawing, or, oh, like, you, you like comic books, or, oh, whatever, like.
1: So you were, like, Olivia.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I miss Olivia! <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, although, Olivia is, like, way more talented and creative than I was. Like, I, it was just pencil and paper for me. Like, no color or anything. But, like, yeah, it was just it was wild, like.
4: Yeah, I, in my high school, they would give us iPads to, like, it was, like, I don't know, instead of like books, they give you iPads, you download the book and it was it was wild. But um, me and my friends, like, they should never give us iPads because we would all be like playing games or whatever during class. But like, it was the only way I could pay attention. Like, I downloaded this app. It was like a sandbox app where you like color things. You just like, just like fill in the number of mm. colors. And I would just like make like, like color, like five or 10 different like pictures in the class. And I'll be like, I know exactly what just happened, but I would get in trouble if they saw me do coloring right now. So it's interesting. It's like a little
5: podcast. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I it also. Resonate. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, no, go for Erica.
5: Oh no, I was just gonna say, hello, resident. with y'all as well, like, um, like I think, like during high school, like I would also, I think, still now a little bit, but like more in high school, I would like doodle a lot on like my notes, and like. I feel like the like when like my doodles kind of help me more like me- like remember what like the teacher was talking about in that moment. I'd be like, oh, whenever like I was drawing this, like I remember like in my chemistry class we're talking about this stuff, and like yeah. it, I think it just really points to like how different folks have like different ways of learning.
4: And i was about all the time in queer arts. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Well, it also it also reminds me of um a a Facebook post somebody made the other day uh they're reposting somebody else's oh, post okay, but, oh by Um uh somebody posted on Facebook like um uh that that somebody like two two academics had written an article or a book or something but it was entitled or an, art, an article I think that was entitled assign comic books as reading like you know your your students will be more likely to do the reading and then they'll be more likely to be engaged with the reading. Like if you just want students to read, like assign them comic books. Like they'll do the reading, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: My my sisters yesterday FaceTime me and it was getting close to bedtime and I was like, oh you all have to get ready for bed. You have to listen to mom and they're like, no, we want to read. And I was like, well you can't be on facetime and read and they're like well what if we read to you so they each read like um, they have this book called 52 um women who changed the world or something like that and it's a kid's book but it's like this long ass page and so they each like i was like okay do you, so if you're gonna do this you have to teach me about two people i don't know so they always pick people that I wouldn't know and then they read it to me so I'm learning from them and they get to practice their reading and so um yeah I think and then they were like oh we really like doing this so now like that's gonna be probably what we do um at night like before they go to bed
3: that's so wholesome I
2: know
3: (laughs) I love that I feel like that's the relationship like students and teachers should have with each other like the teachers can learn a lot from their students as much as like the students are learning from them too and even just like navigating this whole like zoom to university (laughs) like environment it's like they need to listen to us and like we'll help them along the way and like fortunately i have teachers and like professors that are doing that right now because i'm taking more art classes this semester so i'm excited um I did have that one professor that I told y'all about in the beginning who was kind of like not acknowledging um, like the fires situation happening because we well I ended up having to evacuate on the first day of school and this professor was kind of like questioning why like um, classes were canceled but didn't really see it as an equity issue so Mm -hmm. yeah I really like have appreciation for the professors that I have that are like just trying to, to understand and like engage with us and like even that professor was like telling everyone to turn on their cameras and just kind of like asking for too much and yeah it makes me grateful for the other professors that are like working with us right now to like have a better relationship with their students. Yeah.
5: You still have that class right now?
2: no i dropped him
3: (laughs) i dropped that professor he he got me fed up he got me so fed up (laughs) after that interaction i was like nah dude and luckily i got into a class that like has a professor that's really encouraging with art so yeah
5: i think you Uh, said something that like oh sorry
0: no no
5: no, i just think you like you said something that kind of like you're like they need to they need to hear us or like and i was just like that's so true like i feel like one of the relationships that needs to like happen with like a teacher and a student is like they need to like observe our needs and then they help like help us navigate those needs. not necessarily like you know here you go but like it's like navigating it and like helping us like you know get there or i don't know yeah, yeah. And
4: they don't have to like figure everything out on their own like if you're noticing that your students aren't participating or not turning in stuff, like you don't have to like think to yourself like, oh, what am I doing? Like, what needs to happen? What needs to happen? Why don't you ask everybody? Like, why is everybody struggling with doing the homework? what's why is everyone struggling with participation? Let's figure something out, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. And, And the thing too, I wanted to point out about Jazz's story too, which is not just because of Jazz, but like indicative of many, many students is that, like, for professors who are just waiting to hear from their students, they're not going to hear from their students. Like, if you, like, if you have students who are fed up with your class, they're not going to come and tell you they're fed up with their class. They're just going to drop. Mm-hmm. And, like, so, like, it's important for departments, faculty, like, deans, to be very proactive about the way that, like, they're they're conducting themselves in class or the way that their classes are being conducted. Like, you can't just be like, well, it's business as usual until someone complains. It's like, that's not going to be helpful. Like you have to, you have to be proactive about like, okay, like what, what are the experiences my students are going through? What can I do? You know? And if you don't know, like Kenny said, if you don't know, ask, like students, one of the things I was really impressed by, you know, that was a very revelatory moment watching like my nieces and nephew go through zoom classes this year is that the students want to learn like they're like, they they want to be at school, they want to be in class, like, you know, they might, you know, not be able to sit still for more than half an hour, or they might get distracted by something, or they might, you know, not, like, Zoom might not be the best environment for them to learn in, but that doesn't diminish the, the desire to be in class, you know, and I think the same is true for our students, too, in college, it's like, the students want to have a good class, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the general messaging we often give is, like, for our students to be proactive, right? Figure out your resources, go do these things, get involved. And I don't think that should only apply to students, right? Like as a staff member, I realize that I need to get involved too, right? Like I'm not gonna sit in my office and wait for a student to come around. Like I need to sit around the couches and have students kind of, you know, talk about their day and like humanize myself. And I think that's something that has led to creating relationships, you know, and and um, making sure that I, you know, invite folks to coffee or, or, or lunch or whatever. And that was, you know, prior, obviously not now, but like setting up those 30 minute, like check-ins with colleagues or faculty or staff, you know, to, to figure out what's going on. How do we work together? How do we, um, you know, communicate? You know, we, we tell our students to do some of that stuff, go to the, the professor's office hours, but, you know, I don't think that messaging is, is shared with our, our, our faculty and our teachers and, you know, how do we, I think coming out of this, maybe we should change that, right? Like, that's, that's maybe another thing that we can change as we come out of um, this period of time.
5: Yeah, I feel like a lot of, like, the issues that we're seeing, like, right now with, like, Zoom University is, like, is not just, like, a problem of Zoom or, like, online learning. It's, like, re- it's, like, a problem that's been, like, we were saying, right? Like, a problem that's been happening. It's just, like, wasn't acknowledged.
0: No. Yeah, pandemic
4: is break like, putting everything to the front and, like, oh, these are all problems.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: <sighs> it's funny going into this year everyone's saying like 2020 vision and now it's like has a totally different meaning for us like we're just seeing all of these yeah <laughs> like we're just seeing all of these like truths for what they are and like this is the product of so many years of like mm. unaddressed like problems in the system Mm-hmm. any society.
0: Which which is 2020 vision, really. Like, we're seeing things clearly for the first time.
5: 2020 said, realize, realize, realize.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he believed. He lied.
5: <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the name of this podcast, is
3: Realize
0: realize realize realize
3: yeah
2: 20 uh yeah
3: i think one of the powerful things in my art classes right now is just like my professor is kind of using this time as like a time to reflect and to really like put our experiences into our artwork Mm -hmm. kind of going back to like the whole like art aspects um of a conversation earlier. Like in the future when we look back at this time, we're gonna like be going through these videos and these podcasts and well yeah hopefully like learning something (laughs) like learning something from all of it and like being able to like process in the um what am I trying to say? Like process everything, process our healing, process like our trauma and like make something out of it because yeah i don't know i feel like it's a powerful thing right now to be able to like still create even though like all of these things are upon us right now like even just like being a student during this time it's like kind of hard to stay motivated but like i know that there's a lot of potential in us and like what we can create even though we are kind of like trapped in our homes like everyone's just trying to make the most out of it
1: yeah I think, you know, that's, it's interesting that you're like, you know, the like, in a lot of ways, I like working from home, because I'm able to really feel comfortable, right? Because obviously, I'm, I'm, I feel comfortable at home, right? But then there's so many parts that I, like the first month of shelter in place, I couldn't wrap my head around how to do my job. (laughs) Um, And so I just kind of dove head first and like, okay, I got to just create podcasts, right? I got to work with the students to make sure that I'm available whenever I'm needed, whether that's like after out, like my office hours are ended or whatever. And I couldn't, I couldn't find that balance, you know? And I think, um, you know, that, that trauma and that, you know, a lot of that, like, started to to come up. And I was like, Oh, shit, I need therapy, you know, and I've been saying I need therapy for the last like 20 years. But like, I started therapy. (laughs) And, And it's, it's led to me figuring out like, um, no matter how much healing, you know, I can do, I think that's not the goal right, and I think for me, like, 2020 is a (laughs) reimagining of, of, you know, how do I do the things that I need to do that goes beyond, like, myself, so if there's only one thing that I can work on right now, and that's just myself, like, that's fine, I don't, that also adds to the collective somehow, um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, like I, I don't even know what it's gonna feel like to like walk around one day and not have to wear a mask. I can't even imagine like God. opening up the center every morning and like checking in with Chris and sitting on the couch or like just being able to walk to the water cooler and like not have to like sanitize afterwards or before. Like I, I, I can't, I can't I- imagine it.
0: I don't remember what it's like to wake up in the morning and put on pants.
1: (laughs) All I know is bras are not a thing anymore. Like we're not doing them.
3: I feel that. I also feel like, like from what you were saying, Sharon, like I've just been thinking about like my space too. like making sure like my space at home is comfortable and like, Acknowledging how, like, sacred a space to yourself is and how much your environment affects you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how much, how
0: much chaos and turmoil it can cause when your space is not set.
1: Yeah. Chris with his leaky wall, like, <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Oh God. Brand-new air conditioning system, which, I mean, now it works great, but... <laughs> Very privileged and blessed to have working air conditioning, but you know, also paid a lot of money for for that replacement. Like, Yeah. Ridiculous. So if folks are able to, they should probably watch Bill and Ted 3 as soon as they can. It was great.
2: What? What are you talking about?
0: The movie. Bill and Ted 3. The new one? Yeah. It was really good. I really liked it.
1: Okay, I... Confession, I haven't watched any of the originals.
5: I've only watched one, and I was like... It's like, a, it's like stoner comedy, almost. <laughs> yeah, I it, saw
0: one. I
4: didn't know there was a second one.
0: There was a second one, um, which was not quite as good as the first one. It's a little bit stoner comedy-ish, but I think it's smarter than a stoner comedy. Um... And it's also a little more pure. Like, I think one of the things I really like about Bill and Ted, the characters, is that they're, like, just really good-hearted and good-natured. And, like...
5: They're wholesome.
0: Yeah, they're very wholesome. Like, one of the things I really dislike about stoner comedies, especially modern day stoner comedies, is that there's an undercurrent of, like, cruelty, of, like, people being like, oh, we have to, like, get someone. Or, like, you know, we have to, like, get back at people or whatever. And, like, Bill and Ted don't have that attitude. They're just like, oh, like... We're just trying to exist.
1: Are stoner movies, like, like, dude, where's my car? Because I've seen that. <laughs> like, what is the stoner? What is this category that y'all have introduced me to? <laughs> like Pineapple Express.
3: Yes, I was gonna say that movie exactly. <laughs> that is. I don't know if I mean. Mean.
0: It's it's really it's really about the people who are in it than it is about. The
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have Seth Rogen in <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs>
0: Seth Rogen, James Franco. But, yeah, Dude, Where's My Car? kind of counts. I mean, Sean William Scott was like kind of stoner stoner comedy material, aren't right
4: there? Me and my siblings just, uh, well, I didn't finish it, but they were watching uh, This Is The End, that movie. Mm-hmm. Came out. That movie is wild. I was like, this is stressful. I don't know what's going yeah. on. There's so much happening.
2: And yeah.
4: I forget how chaotic um, Seth Rogen movies and James Michael.
0: Uh mm-hmm. so, so chaotic. So yeah, y'all should y'all should watch Bill and Ted's. It's great. It's a great adventure.
2: Wait, did you
1: end up watching Mulan?
0: I I did watch Mulan, yeah. I watched okay. it with my parents. Okay. Yeah. I I, uh, I liked it. I liked it. Did did anyone else watch Mulan? No.
5: Is it on know. Disney Plus?
0: Uh you have to pay money for it. Yeah, no <laughs> worries. Um, it'll be free in December.
2: yeah.
0: Um, I thought it was pretty good. It was. It's definitely one of the better live-action Disney movies. Like, it's better than Beauty and the Beast. It's better than Lion King. Um, probably better than Aladdin, too.
1: Oh, yeah, we don't... I mean, we watch it for the culture, but, like...
5: Okay, I watched Aladdin, like,
1: a couple months ago.
5: And like, I just didn't know what to make of it. <laughs> I
0: don't know. I like Aladdin. I like I, I like I like Will Smith, and I like Naomi Scott. So I'm like, I'll I'll watch stuff there. Um,
4: guy who played Aladdin. He was he was cute.
1: He was funny.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I I also am like as much as I love the original Aladdin, the cartoon version, like it's 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 a mishmash of so many different cultures, and I'm like. It's happening. And then I think the the live action, they like did a whole dance sequence and then I'm just like, oh, it's so cringy. It makes me uncomfortable. And and then, you know, the I do like the song now that I've heard it a couple of times, but Speechless, I think is the mm-hmm. is the, the, new the new song song. Yeah. Um, but I was like, are you all trying to rival like Let It Go? Because that's kind of the vibe that I got. And I was like, was this necessary?
0: Um, I believe Speechless was written by um, um uh the guys who wrote um Greatest Showman and uh La, La Land. Um they also wrote Dear Evan Hansen's. So they have a lot of like musical pedigree. Oh. I think I think it's those two. Um Penge uh Ben Ben Pasik and gosh. I don't remember their names. It's Pasick and Penge, I think or something like that. Um.
1: Yeah, I mean, regard. I mean, I just, th- I mean, on its own, I think the song is fine. Like when it comes up on Spotify, I won't skip it. But in the movie, in the context, I was like, I didn't need this extra five minutes.
4: <laughs> I thought it was cool that they gave her a little storyline, a little song.
2: Mm-hmm. That was cute.
1: And yeah, the storyline was fine. Like her trying to, you know, stand up for herself and get through her traumas. But, but
5: like, I, I didn't need the song. I feel like the plot, okay, so like, I feel like the second half of the movie was like, like it was there for me. Like I was like, okay, this is cool. Like it's like developing more like different from like the cartoon um, or like the original. Cause like the first half of the movie felt very like forced. It was like, it was like, they try to put as much like scenes that people knew about. And it just felt like, okay, here it is. Here's the scene. and then, yeah.
1: Yes, the first half felt like it was the nostalgic factor. Like almost some of the scenes were kind of like almost the the remake of the cartoon um scene by scene and then the second half felt like this is okay, now this is the new stuff. Like the problematic storyline we're trying to fix it.
0: <laughs> if that if that's your issue with Aladdin then I think you would actually like Mulan cuz they they do not they, they don't really worry about the nostalgia thing. They're just like, eh. Like they do, kind of. They have the they have the songs, but nobody sings them. They're just in the background.
1: Oh yeah, the remastered version of Reflection.
0: Yeah, that's not in the movie. That's in the credits. Oh. But like, like nobody sings any of the songs. Like you hear the, they're part of the score. So like during the training scenes, you oh, hear the music. Not a musical. Yeah, it's not a musical. There's no scene whatsoever. Um, so like during the training scene, like the orchestra plays like "We'll Make a Man Out of You," but like there's nobody sings it. Oh. Yeah. So it's, 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 and and there's no there's no like we're trying to replicate this thing in the movie. I, I don't think the anime movie is memorable enough for people to be like, I really need that that scene to be in it. Like there's no there's none of that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty good. It um it was certainly it was certainly Disney trying to be epic, um like go epic with it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of extras. There are a lot of like 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 the armies are are. Bigger than you would expect them to be when you watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like wuxia, like martial arts. So there's a lot of like running across rooftops and that kind of stuff. Um. So you know, oh, and just a plethora of famous Chinese actors. They're just yeah. like, oh, who's fi- who's well known in, in like Chinese cinema? Like, there's like like Jet Li. It plays the emperor. Um Zima, who's the dad in like every Chinese thing. Like he's the dad in like um the, uh uh the oh gosh, what was the Aquafina movie? Um uh shoot, the oh, farewell, the farewell. Oh the, like the crazy. dad in the farewell. <laughs> no, no. Um The
4: Mom. I remember like watching a trailer, I was like, Oh, I've seen the mom before. Like yeah,
0: the mom's so famous. The the witch, the person who plays the witch is a famous Chinese actress um donnie yen plays the trainer the general
1: there's a witch
0: yeah there's a witch um
5: that's what i was thinking i was like witch
0: <laughs> yeah yeah they the witch is a brand new character they added a witch character
1: oh. um
0: and then um
1: feeling to the to the witch community <laughs> it, it's actually it's
0: actually an interesting story. i thought it was going to be one thing and the storyline actually turned out to be something a little bit different which is which oh. is interesting um, and then the guy who plays BoryCon is Jason Scott Lee, who played Bruce Lee and Dragon. He's it's got a lot of famous Chinese people. Like, oh, okay, cool. yeah,
1: okay. Well, whenever that ends up on Disney Plus,
0: whenever that shit is free.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: um, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, but I I don't know. I like the live action Latin. I mean, I guess I guess maybe I don't have the cultural relations with the culture that they're ripping off, but, you know, I, I i don't know, I'm just a fan of Naomi Scott, and I'm like, well, you know, she's been a Power Ranger, she's been Jasmine, she's Loving been a, an angel for Charlie's Angel. I'm I like, haven't I'm seen damn,
1: the new Charlie's from. Angels either.
0: Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was totally fine. I don't know why, I don't know why people hate on um, Kristen Stewart.
1: <laughs> Kenny?
0: Yeah, people it's hate on Krista Stewart. Funny. I'm like hey. I don't
4: I don't hate Krista Stewart. I think she's cool. Yeah I mean I don't know if she's done anything like bad, but
0: She was in Charlie's Angels.
4: You need to let go of Twilight.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get people hating Twilight. I hate Twilight. I get people hating Twilight. But that doesn't mean you should hate Krista Stewart or Robert Pattinson. Can we Which all
1: see those the-
3: pictures. Oh go ahead, Sharon.
1: No, 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 what were you saying? I was just going to
3: bring up that picture that was going viral, Robert Robert Pattinson with a beard.
0: No, I haven't seen it.
2: I haven't seen I it. I think. Right, Wait, Is that
0: something that's Googleable? Bearded uh, Robert Pattinson? <laughs> oh, it auto-filled with Robert Redford. That's weird. Okay. Bearded Robert Redford?
5: Same.
2: I'm just like, looking him up.
5: <laughs> I just see like fan cams on Twitter.
0: I don't know it's which like video... a picture of him in a suit. I think I don't know which photo is the viral one. This but one? he looks he looks good with a beard. Uh, is
3: this it one? Was a, it was a different one. But like he has like short hair and and he's wearing like a white like suit and his hair is like dyed a little lighter. But like people were saying, people were just making fun of it on Twitter. And saying, like, oh, you can find, like, the same guy in line to get, like, a hot pickle at a gas station somewhere. <laughs> People are so mean.
0: I mean, he gives <laughs> off a vibe. But I don't know. I like Robert Pattinson. He's, he's an interesting actor.
1: I'm
3: like yeah, the- i like,
0: that he just takes himself
1: seriously. Like, I've seen some of his interviews, and he's always just, like, I, there's, a, like, this story of him. Hi Kenny. So this is what happens at the couches. Eventually, someone has we'll to have class. Class. <laughs> <We'll have laughs> class. They had to go. <laughs> um, but like, there's an interview where he's like, "Yeah, like I had a stalker once, and then she realized how boring I was, and then she just stopped stalking me." I'm <laughs> just like, "That's so human." <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Not that I'm downplaying stalking. Don't stalk anyone. That's awful. Yeah.
5: Speaking of, when we're just talking about Disney, have y'all seen, okay. um, the Beyoncé? The new, like, the new beyonce mm,
3: mm-hmm. I still have to watch it. I still have oh to watch the it. There's
1: so going on.
5: Yeah, I've only seen, like, parts of it because, like, every time I watch it, I always have to do something after, so I'm always like, okay, like, pause it here, pause it here. <laughs> but, like, it's, like, beautiful, beautiful visuals.
1: Is and it like, is it like a visual album or is it like a documentary or?
5: Yeah, it's like, it's like the visual album, like kind of like her lemonade one.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: It's like very similar to that. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it's just, it's just so good.
3: Mm. Yeah, there's, um, I saw like pictures on Twitter that there's a lot of like black fashion designers and like pieces that she's wearing from them in it and. Yeah, all her outfits look super dope, like, from what I've seen so far. So, um, I'm going to try and watch it soon. While it's still Virgo
0: season. Yeah. Maybe we should do a, a, a podcast commentary on it. That would be cool. That
5: would be cool. How long is it, though?
2: Like, it's kind of long. Let me I check.
0: mean, we made it through a, a Miyazaki movie. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. By the
0: way, by the way, just because this is a going out to YouTube, R. A. P. Chadwick Bozeman. Yes. Um Boseman. Uh, um th- sorry, that rang weird in my head. I think I was thinking of Boseman Montana all of a sudden. Um RP Chadwick. Um uh if you if you want, this might be a good time to revisit Mosaic's podcast commentary on Black Panther um so that uh that's a good uh uh a good um uh audio track to go back to
5: yeah i was sad i was just like
1: yeah yeah i i remember I thought... like when i saw the tweet i like tweeted you all mm-hmm. or or sent you all a message like is this real like mm-hmm. this can't be real Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, like oftentimes people will play these really mean, um, pranks on celebrities saying that they've died or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm like, that's not funny. Like, why would you do that? And so I thought it was one of those until I went, cause it was released from his account and I saw that blue check mark and I was like, like my heart dropped into my stomach. Um,
0: yeah, I actually, I got a text from a friend. Like I, I it didn't, I didn't even I hadn't even seen anything and and uh, my friend sent me a text like immediately and was like oh my god this happened I was like what
2: yeah
1: I mean I you know afterwards I have read you know um you know Angela Bassett and and Michael B Jordan and and all the different folks who are part of Black Panther, or any of the other phenomenal movies that he's been a part of, um, kind of give their perspective and their, you know, their support and their love um, to him and his family. And you know, I think it's just a reminder of, um, you know, we're all going to be elders someday. And what is, what do you want to be remembered for? Because it's it's it was just this outpour of like going beyond like the work that he did, like he did, he had a purpose and and whether that's because he knew, right? um, That he had cancer or because that's just who he is, right? And who, or who he was, you know, I think it's, it just reminded me that like with the time that we have left, right? Whether we know it or not, like, what do we want to leave behind? right? And what do we want to be remembered for? And I think that just, you know, like my partner had to keep checking up on me for that whole week. I was like, are you okay? Because I would just like sit there, like reflect after any time I would read a message from someone about him or see a a post about him. Um, And like, obviously I'm not Black. I'm not part of the community, right? Um, And I could see, you know, uh, students on our campus, college students feel like they saw themselves, you know, when Black Panther came out, um, I saw, you know, um, the Black Male Collective, like they showed up, they went to a screening together, right, to have that um, for, our colleagues for our students like there's that's something that i was like that's power right and that's power that we haven't seen in what like 400 years <laughs> in the same way um,
2: well it's a
0: it's a cultural touch i wouldn't say that right. we haven't seen in 400 years but that we only see once in a while right because i think the same th- i mean the same thing happened like when roots came out the same thing happened you know like during these other kind of cultural touchstones where it's like something happened where you're like, Oh, like I can relate to this, you know?
2: Yeah. Um.
0: So th- it has happened a couple of times before, but it's definitely very rare.
1: Right. But like, I, I think for me, it's like that celebration piece, right? Because mm-hmm. it, a lot of that touchstone has been seeing the prominent figures or activists, um, artists who have kind of broken ground in some new way. And, and, um, kind of, you see the struggle though. You still mm. you still feel the struggle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas Black Panther and um, Chad, like it, he, he, it was all love. It was all celebration. It was joy in a different way. Um, mm. And, you know, he, I mean, obviously so many things came out of it, you know, that that still reminded us that we have a long way of going. Um
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think that the celebration and the joy is what really I think I saw.
0: Yeah, I I mean I I also not part of the community, but you know I I I felt something when I saw Black Panther too, you know, and 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 you know I remember someone asked me when I saw whether I liked it or not, and my response was. Black Panther made me retroactively dislike Doctor Strange more because, <laughs> because Black Panther had like this fantastic like you know between the writing and the acting and the directing you know between Ryan Coogler and 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 Chadwick Boseman um there was such a deep exploration of Pan-African identity within by Panther. And it wasn't just a generalized, like Africana, you know, it was like specifically from specific cultures that they would be like, okay, we're going to take these masks. We're going to take these patterns. We're going to take this speech. We're going to take, you know, this background and like, you know, make it all make sense. And it was, and you could tell there's so much care and attention put into it. And then I think back to Dr. Strange and I'm like, Oh, there was no, there was none of that care in the Asian. Oh, bye. We'll, we'll end soon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there's none of that care put into the Asian-ness of Doctor Strange, you know.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
0: Okay. We we probably we probably should <laughs>
1: Yeah. So this is what happens. Like I said, eventually folks will have to go to class or yeah. go home. Um, and I, I think this does speak to the nature of the couches. <laughs>
5: well.
1: um, yeah were you gonna say something Jess?
3: oh i was just gonna yeah i agree definitely (laughs) it felt like that this first episode (laughs) definitely felt like that
2: yeah
1: so thank you everyone for watching us hopefully you know you could feel a little connected to the Mm -hmm. conversations that we had um let us know your thoughts in the comments um. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: For sure.
1: Follow us. Like. Hit the bell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> smash that bell. <laughs> hit subscribe.
2: Five star comment on swag. Apple.
0: Oh yeah, sign up for swag for sure. There'll be a link in the description. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. So join us next time. We'll try to get this up as soon as we can. Yeah. Bye. Uh, Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jazz, for surviving.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. Okay. Bye, everyone. Stay safe, everyone.
1: Bye. Bye.